All right, everybody okay? All right, how y'all doing this morning? Everybody hear me okay? All right, everybody okay? All right, sounds good. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. Go to Exodus chapter 3 if you would. I guess people are getting familiar with me being here quite often. Olivia walked up to me today, Sister Olivia. Just walked into Sunday school and she says, your tie doesn't match. I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. Just kidding, I asked her. So I'm terribly colorblind and with my sweetie not being here, my wife, I'm, I am lost when it comes to stuff like this. So but I appreciate y'all being here today and appreciate Pastor Muncie and his kindness in allowing me to come back. Uh, I normally put a smile on your face by saying, he, he says I can preach till 2. That is not the case, okay? He said I had 1.30 is fine, all right? So, all right, we appreciate you being here. So Exodus chapter 3, uh, I will say as we stand for God's word, I will mention to you, please pray for me. Uh, we are, Lord's allowed to open up quite a few doors for some preaching and been doing the Reds games lately, uh, five, six hundred gospel tracks, tremendous conversations and so forth. Uh, and uh, planning on the end of the month, I'll be preaching at Pacific Garden Mission. It's the ministry that Billy Sunday got saved out of, and it's the largest and oldest homeless mission uh, in, the, in the country. So it's about the fourth time I've been up there. And then I take an Amtrak out to Salt Lake City to preach to the Mormons. As most of you know, I was a Mormon for a couple of years before I was saved. So uh, we'll take an Amtrak out there, preach to them, and make their day, and get the gospel out. Amen. And about 40,000, 50,000 Mormons in one weekend. So appreciate your prayers for that. So Exodus chapter 3, thank God for his word. Amen. Uh, appreciated Sunday school. I, I told the young people today that to be with them for a few minutes was just as valuable as this is today. We need to invest in our youth, amen? And uh, thank God you're in a good church with solid doctrinal teaching. What a blessing, amen? Uh, any visitors here, by the way, that's ever been here before? All right, amen, all right. Well, if you don't like the preaching, he's the preacher, amen? So he's, he's the pastor, so you can always come back next week, amen? But uh, he's a blessing, amen? Been a very good friend, very dear friend. So Exodus chapter 3, the Bible says in verse 1, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he uh, led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the, f- the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for thy place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to open your word today. Thank you for the privilege of being able to open the word of God. I pray that you'd uh, encourage us, strengthen us, Lord. I'm very careful about this message want to be this morning as we deal with God's character, with your holy character, Lord, and some other characteristics that you have. Lord, we live in a day and an age where people don't recognize that, and I pray that you would uh, give me clarity of thought and mind. I'm tired this morning. I need your help, your grace, your strength. Give me clarity of thought and mind, physical strength to be with me spiritually. Lord, be with everybody here that we'd get out of our mind the thought of what we're having for dinner later on today or the budget or uh, work tomorrow. But Lord God, help us to focus upon your word. We pray most importantly, more than anything, Lord God, that your presence would be with us today. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat if you would. 
appreciate the opportunity to be here. I've got a lot of things I want to cover. And um, I want to talk about God's character. Amen? And uh, that's an area that I do not think we take as, as carefully as we should. Anybody agree with that? You know, we live in a day and an age where God's name, as you hear it a lot, <laughs> it's usually just in vain. Amen? And I want to deal with some, thing about, some things about God's holy character or his character. Now, I'm not going to deal with holiness today, uh, but there's a lot of aspects to God's character. He is holy. Amen? I, I don't care what the world says. I don't care what the media says or the movie and the TV shows. Uh, God's holy. Amen? He is not the man upstairs. Amen? He is holy. He is merciful. Thank God for that. Uh, he, he, he is love, amen, the scripture tells us, in a, such a way that we, we can't comprehend. God is also, again, regardless of what the media thinks, God is a God of judgment, amen? You can't pick and choose. You, don't, you can't have a whopper God. <laughs> if you want the God of the Bible, you've got to take all of them or nothing, amen? And uh, I've chosen to take all of them because he's right, he's true, amen? But I want to talk today about God's goodness, and this is going to be a little bit different. Some of you might smile when I say this. I'm going to preach an encouraging message this morning. Amen. So I want to, I want to preach about God's goodness. And uh, there's a lot of characteristics to God's goodness. There are a lot of ways to look at it. One, God is good. We're going to cover that in just a moment. But God exemplifies and reveals his goodness sometimes in a, in a sense to saved and unsaved, just in a general sense. Amen. And yet sometimes God does reveal his goodness uh, to others for their behavior because his hand is upon them or because they're pleasing him and so forth. But I want to look today again at God's goodness and hit an area, a depth of it that I've never experienced before in my life. So as we deal with God's character, that aspect of his character, I want to ask you this. I'm going to do something a little bit different today. You say, your brother Lyman, we would expect that, amen? <laughs> but I want to ask, some of you are scared, amen? But I want to ask you something. As do we deal with God's holy, his character, an aspect of his character, I would like to ask you this morning, if you're saved, to make sure your heart's right with God before we even start the message. If he declared unto Moses to take your shoes off, we're on holy ground. We ought not to take God's character lightly, amen? And so I want to ask you today, I'm not going to ask you to come to the altar, but you can if you want to. Maybe you had a fight with the wife. Maybe you uh, slipped into sin. Maybe uh, this. Maybe a child was rebellious. Maybe you, you raised your voice to your wife. Maybe you raised your voice to your husband, ladies, whatever. I don't know. But I want to ask you, before we even start the message out of respect for God's character, that you would take a moment if you need to and talk to the Lord. Make sure things are cleared up. Does that make sense? Amen. So you're welcome to do that in your seat right now. And we're going to look at some things about God's character. Go to Psalm 119 if you would. Or God's, uh, God's uh, character of being good, his goodness. The message, the title of the message is the goodness of God, amen? And what a tremendous thing, amen? We take for granted, I was doing this and I, I was almost scared getting into this message. Sounds crazy, but when we're dealing with God's character, 
We don't, we don't understand. The, the, listen, you got movies with gods in them. You got all the, move, the books and the fantasy stories and all this stuff about, about God and all that. We're not talking about a generic God, amen? We're talking about the God of this book, amen? It would be to God that we'd give him the respect he is due, amen? So Psalm chapter 119 uh, verse 68, uh, verse 68, the Bible tells us this, the proud affords the lie against, excuse me, thou art good and doest good, teach me thy statutes. God is good. And we throw around that word good, oh, I read that book, it was a good book, I read that devotional, it was a good, you know this, if you watch TV or whatever, you know, it was a good program, or it was, it was good music, you know. I don't think we can accurately define good and goodness when it comes to our God. Amen? Because in everything that I just mentioned, there may be imperfections or flaws. But in the God that we serve, the God of this book, there is no flaw. There's no error. There's no mess-ups. There's no confusions. There's no redo. He is good. Amen? You say, what are you trying to do this morning? I want to just preach what God put on my heart. You can laugh all you want. You can think I'm, I'm Looney Tunes, join the club. There's probably a Facebook group about it. I don't know. But when I talked to your preacher a couple weeks ago, and, I, and we talked about getting a meeting, I hung the phone up. And God gave me this message about God's goodness. We take it for granted. What am I shooting for this morning? I want our Lord Jesus Christ to be lifted up. Amen? Not, the, not the, 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 the oratorical skills of the preacher, and as you all know, I lack in those. Amen? Not the, the tremendous this or that, uh, but, but in uh, the God of the Bible that he would be lifted up. There's churches all over America and the world today where what's being lifted up is a bunch of music and a bunch of this, and I'm, a lot of bad music. Amen? I'm all for music as long as it's good. But things are being lifted up. And look at that preacher. It's the preacher. It's the preacher. What about lifting up Jesus Christ, amen, in a way that we normally don't? And I'm going to delve into some areas that, that we don't normally delve into. So the word good, the definition, morally excellent, virtuous, righteous, pious, proper, useful, uncorrupted. That's the God we serve, Amen. So man's definition of good does not come near the definition of God. So Psalm 119, again, verse 68, it says, Thou art good and doest good. Amen? Because God is good, what flows out of him is good. Amen? It's his goodness. Amen? The word good is 655 times in the King James Bible. Goodness is 48 times. Goodness definition, kindness, favor, showing mercy, benevolence of nature, and so forth. Because God is good, his goodness comes forth. Amen? Now look with me, if you would, at Psalm 33, verse 5. I have about five pages of notes. I will try to do this good uh, time-wise. I do appreciate it. I know we're in a Baptist church, so you're hungry at 1159. I know how it works. Amen? Psalm 33. Some of you before that. Amen? Psalm 33. Look at verse 5. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Here's how we take God's goodness for granted. Amen? I was preparing messages the last couple of weeks, and guess where I sat? At a Chick-fil-A. 
There's just something right about that, amen? So I'm at Chick-fil-A, and I got the air conditioning on. I got my Bible, and I got my notebooks. I got my sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, minus the biscuit, because I'm trying to do low-carb, amen? And, I'm, and, I, and I got my, my uh, uh, second one there, and I got my coffee, and I'm in an air-conditioned building. You know, we take for granted God's goodness, amen? It's everywhere, you go back to Adoniram Judson and David Brainerd and some of those old men, Peter Cartwright and Sam Jones, they didn't have those benefits. We're meeting in an air-conditioned building right now. Amen? We have air conditioning in our cars. We have heat usually in our vehicles. Amen? Uh, you look at his creation. God's goodness is all over. And some of you got married. Talk about God's goodness. And I know some of you. Amen? Smile, amen. But think about it. Do we ever sit back and just think, God, you are good? God's never made a wrong choice, He's never sinned. And His goodness is just overflowing to us. And I think we miss a lot because it's so much, and I'm all for standards, and I'm all for preaching against sin, and I'm all for biblical judgment, and I'm all for living right. But I think sometimes we miss the boat and we focus so much on those things, we don't focus enough on the God we're trying to please. We have a good God. Amen? I'm glad I don't have Allah. <laughs> But he's not my God. I'm glad Joseph Smith isn't my God. Amen. <laughs> every minute, every day, we experience God's goodness. But I want to go a little bit deeper than that. Somebody came up to me. I was in a public place a while back and talking about the Lord and asked somebody, how you're doing today? Now, some of you, and it's going to be a little bit different than what you're used to hearing. And I said, how are you doing today, and he, uh, sir? And he said, good. I, and he said, because I'm not six feet under. Now, that's a normal thought. I'm doing good because I'm still alive. But I want to share something with you. I personally believe, based upon what I went through with my wife going to be with the Lord and delving more into the Scriptures... And realizing that now as a believer, she's with Jesus Christ right now, that that is a humanistic wrong philosophy for a believer. And I'm not saying not to grieve uh, over pain. I'm not saying not to have uh, hurt when you lose a loved one. I'm not saying that, that when trials come, you're just to jump up and shout for joy. But we base our thought of God being good to us on our circumstances. And that is a humanistic, unscriptural viewpoint, popular or not. And that's what we do. So we base it, how you doing it? Good, I got a race today. Uh, how you doing it? Good, church was good today. How you doing it? Good, the wife didn't yell at me today. Amen? Of course, us men are so funny. The wife will say, honey, could you do dishes for me? She yelled at me. You know, we... We tend to perceive things the way we want to a lot of times. So some of you are looking at me very serious right now, amen? But God's goodness is, is part of his character. And it should not be based upon our circumstances, amen? And that's what we do many times. 
When you think about it, if we really believe in the biblical God of the Bible, we are, we are Christians because we have placed our faith in Christ alone. And we are saved. It's actually a, good, a, a better thing when we're not with, on this earth. Does that make sense? My, my worst day of my life, and I hope and pray, I don't know if there's anything that could ever top that. The worst day of my life was when my sweetie went to be with Jesus Christ two years and about two months ago. Do you realize that was her best day? She got to be with Jesus. Do we really believe that or do we not? Amen. I'm not saying not to grieve. I'm not saying, listen, I miss her every split second of every day. Amen. But God it's, it's not unspiritual. I'm not trying to be super spiritual or pile on the last thing from it. But I want to tell you this. It is, yes, I hurt because my Lori's not here. Yes, it grieves me. Yes, uh, you know, I joke about Olivia. Actually, I went up to her and asked if the tie, you know, I, mean, I had to ask a female. Most men don't know. I called Jim Epperson. He goes, I got to ask my wife most of the time. And she said, she was, at least she was honest with me. She said, no, it actually doesn't match. It's like, thank you very much. Why did I ask you? But, I, but I, I'm colorblind. I'm very colorblind. And my wife would be there. I miss, but despite my plans being altered because we were going to live the rest of our life together, despite my, my days being totally, my, my life changed. God is still good. And some of you are going through trials right now. Listen, I am not trying to make light of trials. I'm not saying uh, not to grieve. I'm not saying, so please do not misunderstand me. But do we believe this book or not? Is God only good because of our circumstances? Is he only good because somebody answered your ad in the paper, gentlemen, and you got married? Is God only good because you got a raise? Is God only good because you had a great service today? By the way, that'd be when he's preaching, not me, amen. <laughs> you got cancer. God's still good. You got the relationship problems. God is still good. You got no money. The car's broken down. You don't know what you're going to do for a job. God is still good. Because it's not based on your circumstances. It's based on his holy character. What a tremendous thing. Amen. And if you don't have trials now, they're coming. They're going to happen. Uh, we're, we're born of trouble, the scripture tells us, amen. It's time to think spiritual. It's time to really uh, look at God's book and his character and lift him up, amen. Corey Ten Boom, anybody familiar with her? Raise your hand. All right, I don't agree with everything about her. I don't agree with everything about anybody. I don't agree, agree with myself about half the things, amen. Smile. Corey Ten Boom made this statement. As most of you know, she was in the concentration camps years ago. She said, often I've heard people say how good God is. We prayed that it would not rain for our church picnic and took the lovely weather. Yes, God is good when he sends good weather, but God was also good when he allowed my sister, Betsy, to starve to death before my eyes in a German concentration camp. What do you think about that? What a, what a powerful statement. But is that not the truth? Do we really believe it? 
you know, it, it, it gives me, you know, it's funny. You get these people, and I love verse shirts. I love Bible shirts and all that. And, but you know, you go and you see somebody with a shirt, and it says, uh, you know, I'll say, uh, and it'll say, God is good all the time. He is. Amen? But I wonder how many of those people think that when they find out they got two years to live. I wonder how many people think like that when difficulty arises. There's a brother I met preaching years ago, and uh, again, uh, I, I grieve for him. The Lord took his wife home. He was a lot younger than me. And I'm 35, so he was probably 27. Amen. I don't know, he was probably at the time about 35, 38. The Lord took his wife home probably 10, 12 years ago. And the man, again, I've tried to help him, encourage him, strengthen him, uh, you know, from the scriptures and through what the Lord's helped me to get through. And by the way, it's not always easy for me. I have a lot of rough days. Going to a hotel, preaching, usually she'd be right there, amen? Either cheering me on or rolling her eyes saying, here he goes again. <laughs> but this brother posted on Facebook a while back, I'm bitter against God because he took It's been 10, 12 years. You know what the problem is? He does not understand the biblical concept that God is good all the time. Amen? I'm, and again, I'm not making light of, of your trials, your circumstances, your situations, your difficulties in any sense. So please do not misunderstand me. But there's going to come trials in our life if you haven't experienced them already. I know a good brother, a good friend of mine, who has a situation where uh, his wife just up and left. That thing, those things can happen, and it's tragic, and I grieve for people over those situations. But that does not take away from, away from the, the, the fact that God is still good. Amen? Think about this. We have a chance. When we go through trials, difficulties, tribulations, there's a very, very dear friend of mine. He's another open-air preacher. His first wife went to be with the Lord about 20 years ago. Some of you, some of you might know him from uh, Facebook and all that. He's been a tremendous help. When, when Lori first went to be with the Lord, we'd talk on the phone sometimes two or three hours. But yes, I'm a man, and I can do that, okay? The ladies are, like, not even batting their eyes, but amen. You're all so quiet today, amen? Something wrong, amen? But he was a tremendous help to me. And he brought up to me, he said, Jim, he said, you know, because I do, I get days where I, I, I'm crying like a baby, and they're less and less. And I call my, my son up or my daughters or a friend. And, but he brought up to me, he, he's a street preacher, so he's that way with his friends too, amen, and I need it. He said, Jim, what are your kids seeing? What are they seeing? Yeah, they, and don't, don't get me wrong, they need to see you miss your, your, your wife. There's no doubt about that. And I've never, by God's grace, gotten bitter. I've gotten grumpy a few times, but by God's grace, I've not gotten bitter, and I don't plan on it because he's God. I'm not. It was his choice to take her home. It may have spoiled my plans, but not his. Amen? But we have, do you realize when we go through a trial or a difficulty, we have the opportunity to shine for Jesus Christ. Amen? Go to the book of Job, if you would. I have a lot of scripture references. I'm going to not go to all of them uh, due to time. Job chapter 1. I have a very, another very good friend. He died at about 55, Brother Dave Hance, years ago. Open-air preacher, just a tremendous guy, very friendly. Did a lot of open-air preaching with me. And he got cancer, and on the third time, he said, Jim, I'm not fighting it. 
He said, I'll probably never see you again. And I understood after that while he was in the, in the uh, cancer ward and in and out of the hospitals with the doctors for months, you know one thing they got from that man? The gospel of Jesus Christ and how much he trusted God. Amen. So it's completely acceptable to grieve, mourn, and cry when you're having a hard time. Nothing wrong with that at all. Amen? But at the same point, if you're not careful by recognizing that God is still good, then you'll end up being bitter and not understanding and being confused. So God is still good, but you have an opportunity to shine Amen, the ability, I'm not talking about some phony, you know, just robotic, I'm going to smile, everything's okay, you know, I'm not talking about that, I'm talking about from the heart, that in your situation, your trial, God is good and you trust him, amen? So look at, uh, so this is encouraging so far, right? right? Amen, all right, all right, doing good, got to make sure, nobody's walked out yet, uh, Romans, uh, Job chapter one, amen? So we all know what Job went through. Look at verse uh, uh, one, uh, 20, Job 120. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head. There's something about shaving your head that's just biblical, amen? Have that. For the men, amen? But there's something about that. I, sorry about that. Um, but look at this. He went through all he did. What a tragedy. And then it says there, and he fell down upon the ground. He worshiped. You want to know what will happen if you truly comprehend the goodness of God no matter what you're going through? And just, again, in general. But you want to know what will happen if you're going through a trial and a difficulty? And I didn't plan on spending that much time on that, so I don't know what anybody's going through here. But the Lord's having me hit that trial difficulty stuff so much for a reason. I'll tell you what, you look at it like, like, and understand your perspective is that God is still good. It should drive you to worship. The opposite would be the bitterness and the questions and the angry, the anger. But do you realize what he went through? And he bowed his head and he worshiped the God of the Bible. He understood. The one woman that should have, the one person that should have backed him up and supported him told him to curse God. But there was something vertical, something between him and the Lord that was real. And by the way, when trials come, you're going to see, we're going to, people are going to see how real you are or not. I praise God for Dave as he went through the, the last few months of his life just telling people about the Lord, smile on his face knowing he had days to live and a smile on his face. So Job here worships God. Look what it says in verse 21. And he said, naked came out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God, good, no matter what you're going through. Amen? So let's go to uh, another scripture here. I just encourage us, it's time to think spiritual. Amen? You say, how can you say that with what's happened to you? How, could, how, could, how do you expect me or, or, or people out here, how do you expect me to say that? Well, you don't know what I've been through. Was it worse than what Job went through? Is it worse than what our Savior went through? How can we expect us not to suffer when we look at what our Savior went through? Amen. 
I'm trying to encourage you again, not taking away from the, the, the normal. Listen, if you, if, if you don't have emotions, when you go through a difficult time, there's probably something wrong. I'm not taking away from that. But let's realize God is good. Amen? So look with me, if you would, now um, at, sorry about that. Uh, look with me, if you would, at Psalm 107. Psalm 107. So I would encourage everybody in this room this morning, believe it or not, I'll be done probably in 10 minutes, so some of you have something to be thankful for this morning, amen? You could say, you know, Lord, you're good. He was done by 10 after 12, amen? But Psalm 107, look at verse 8. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. How much do you and I do that in our everyday life? And I'm trying to encourage you this morning. I, I, I get this idea, and I might be wrong, that if we start now, and maybe already do it, but I don't know if anybody probably really recognizes the goodness of God the way they should. But if we were to start now, then when a trial does come or a difficulty, it just might be easier to say, and knowing our heart and mind, God, you're still good. I, I, I encourage you to do this. I'll, I'm going to even ask you tonight. So, so in between lunch and dinner, take a pen. Sit down by yourself. And write out five or ten ways in which you understand that God is good. That you see his goodness. Amen. I'm going to challenge you to do that. If you don't, that's okay. I'll just name you publicly tonight. Amen. But I want to encourage you to do that. We take it for granted. That phrase, read it again, verse 8, oh, that the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. We, we have fresh air. We have the ability. We're in Kentucky, like everybody hunts after you're like six years old, seven years old, you know. You have the ability to go out and, and hunt. You have the ability to go to a restaurant. We have, we have fast food restaurants. You can get your food in about a minute and a half, amen. I know it was frozen and came from another country probably, but you can do that. But, but, oh, but my car's broke down. Do you realize most people in the world don't have a car? I've only got a dollar in the bank. Do you, I've only got a hundred or a thousand. Do you realize that over a million people, over, excuse me, over a billion people on this planet live on a dollar a day? Amen? We have it good, folks. That's repeated four times in this passage. It's God is good. I want to leave you with that this morning, but I'm not quite done yet. Look with me, if you would, at uh, Romans chapter 2. And I, I actually had loads more verses to go to, did not go to them uh, due to time. Wanted to make sure I got to the points that I believe the Lord wanted me to focus on. Spent a little bit more time uh, than I intended on that uh, one point, but th I've got to do as the Lord leads. Amen? Romans chapter 2, verse 4. So we've talked about God's goodness, and he is. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. So a couple things here. Number one, if you're not saved, you've never experienced the goodness of God. And I say that because I care. I didn't I notice. I didn't ask if you're not if you've never been religious, if you've never went to church, if you've not got dunked in the water, if you've never had some experience. Are you saved? 
Have you come to Christ? Do you understand you're a sinner and you've offended God by your sin, whatever it is? Lust, lying, gossip, stealing, cheating, pride? And by the way, a lot of people say that generically when the evangelist, I don't. I said, do you realize you have personally sinned against God and offended him? And that's where the rubber meets the road because people are usually generically willing to admit they're a sinner, but do you realize you're a sinner? And you've offended God by your deeds and the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. He knows everything you've ever done, said, your motives. How many sins does it take to go to hell? One. Amen. So if you're here today and you've never been saved, you've never experienced the goodness of God. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't go along with all this, you know, uh, I met God because we had a, you know, I was drowning and, and I got pulled out. You know, an experience is not being saved. It, 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 and I'm not saying every experience means you're not saved, but I'm just saying salvation is trusting Christ, realizing you're a sinner. You deserve God's judgment. You deserve hell whether you want to admit it or not. And we don't want to go that far in our evangelism because we want too many, we want more people to come forward than we do the, the, whether they truly get saved or not in some of our circles. Not here, praise the Lord. And then good works don't help you. Well, I'm going to reform. I'm going to try this. I'm going to quit smoking, and drinking, and cussing. I'm going to quit this. I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to start reading my Bible. That's not salvation. Now, you ought to stop smoking, drinking, and cussing. Amen? You ought to go to church. You ought to read your Bible. You ought to love the Lord. You ought to live right. But that's not salvation. Salvation, if you're not here, if you're here and you're not saved, is that you can't save yourself, but that Christ died for your sins. According to the scriptures, was buried the third day, rose again. He took your sin upon himself. What a blessed thing to see and experience the goodness of God and that we can come to Christ in his mercy. But the second thing I'll say is this, is if you're a believer, there's things in your life you know ought not to be there. Maybe habits. Maybe, maybe things that you are not doing that you should be doing, like in the Word, studying the goodness of God leadeth to repentance. What an opportunity. So last thing I'll say is this, almost done. My clock's, my, my, my phone's 20 minutes off, by the way, just kidding. But I want you to think about this, and this is what I thought of when the Lord gave me this message, when Brother Muncie said, he said, hey, come on out and preach. I was almost in tears, but I felt the Spirit of God all over me. And you know what it was? It was this. Here I am. I know me. You all hear me okay? I know me. To think that God still uses me. I don't know how. Sometimes I don't think he does. The ability to, to be asked to preach somewhere, despite our flesh and our sin and our pride and our selfishness, I'm telling you, the Lord gave me this second to split, this message, a split second after we got off the phone. God, you're so good. Why are you letting me preach? Why are you letting me to talk to those young people today? Why are you letting me? Who's a dirtbag outside of Jesus Christ? Why are you letting me get behind a pulpit, God? Thank you, God. You're good. You are good. I'm asking you today to do something a little bit different. I'm asking you as an individual believer, whole church, whatever you want to do, 
I'm asking you to come forward today. If you're not saved, come forward. Somebody will talk to you about Christ, and you'll come to Christ. Thank you, sister. But I'm going to ask you individually, everybody, if you're saved, who says they're saved? Raise their hand. And I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to ask you to come forward and get on your knees today or stand and hold, hold your wife's hand, gentlemen, be with your family, whatever, and say, God, I want you to, I want you to know as your child that you are good. I believe you are good, God, no matter what everybody says. And I'm determined to, to keep that in my heart and in my mind that you are good no matter what I'm going to go through in the future or what I'm going through right now. You see, we'll go forward to, because we need more prayer. We'll go forward because we're not evangelizing enough. And, and those are good things. I'm not knocking that. I'm asking you right now, no heads bowed and eyes closed. I'm asking you to come and publicly acknowledge that you believe God is good. To tell the Lord, I believe you're good. Would you do that? Anybody do that this morning? Let's let God work, amen? See, oh, about evangelism, yeah, we'll go forward. Oh, about this, we'll go forward. What about going forward because of him? Because of, not, because of his character. Oh, what an opportunity. God, you are good. I'm not talking about some carnal, charismatic, you know, TV show preacher stuff. I'm talking about thank you, God, for being good. You are good, amen? Thank you all for your time.